first, and now the official BC Lions podcast is back. Better than ever, maybe not, but we're here. We're jacked up, uh, broadcasting from the Go Goat Sports Studios inside the Wall Center, one of downtown Vancouver's uh, most prestigious locations, uh, if I don't say so myself. Love it here. Matt Baker, Nick Kowalski, Nicholas, how you doing? Doing well as always, and yourself? I'm well, um, as well as can be, you know, 3-0. and um, Very tough matchup this week. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers coming into town, and you don't want to hyperbolize it too much, but probably the biggest regular season game uh, we'll have here uh, in the past, well, since definitely since I've been around this team on a full-time basis starting in 2016. Again, don't want to hyperbolize, but it feels like that. You don't want to overstate it, and we're going to talk about this Big matchup with the defending Grey Cup champs. But first of all, I know last week uh, we previewed Ottawa, went in there, got the win, uh, looked a little iffy there for a little bit in the third quarter, but have no fear. Nathan Rourke is here. Um, another solid performance. Have a hunch he's going to be the CFL player of the month. Have a hunch. We're recording this on a Monday evening. Should know that by Tuesday. By the time this airs, that'll be up there. But How'd you enjoy your first Ottawa experience? Uh, I put it online, but I, I I really I loved Ottawa. Like the from the city, the stadium I thought was pretty fantastic. It was a good atmosphere in there. It was an intense football game. Uh, really good restaurants out there that we went to and explored right. uh, the night before. And I I I love the first road trip that we had this season, and it, it ended with two points, which is or a W, I guess, in football, but. Yeah, weather-wise, we, we lucked out pretty good. Um, it's death taxes and usually a little bit of rain when it we're did, there. It did rain in Ottawa. It did rain it did, a little yeah, yeah. bit. Uh, when we got there, was what, Wednesday afternoon, 4 or 5 o'clock, we got to the hotel and uh, kind of had a stormy vibe, but it cleared out just in time. And yeah, you said it. We went out, I had dinner and a, and a couple of beverages. It was patio weather. Mm-hmm. We were I wasn't wearing shorts, I don't think, but it could have been shorts weather and... Uh, kind of an interesting feeling overall. They were preparing for the Canada Day fun, and there was police everywhere uh, yes. in anticipation of uh, trouble, uh, what what have you. But but yeah, overall a good vibe, and, and it's amazing. Five-hour flight home, always much more enjoyable overnight after a big win like that. And we talked last week to Dominique Grimes because he was the receiver who stepped up big time against the Toronto Argonauts, the 44-3 win. And Keon Hatcher, who we're going to talk to in just a few minutes, uh, he had the big game uh, in Ottawa. Career-high 166 yards, seven catches on seven targets. Had the big play of the night, the 71-yard TD bomb from Mr. Rourke uh, to give the Lions the lead again, which they would not relinquish. Absolute perfect response to some of that third-quarter adversity with the two interceptions. Yeah, Keon was very impressive in that one, and it was it was his turn to step up and and that loaded receiving card. Seems like there's four or five options every week now that uh, we can really throw into. And even though, although Josh Pearson only had, I believe, two receptions, the first just the, just the one, just the one, just the was, one. It was a big one. Yeah. I was just gonna say that yeah. was a big reception right at the start of the game, and it kept that first drive going, or the not the first one, but the second drive going, second where one, yeah. where Nathan ended up running fifty yards on a quarterback sneak for touchdown, but. Uh, Keon, yeah, and a couple of his catches too, right along the sidelines. Great throws by Nathan, just clutch catches. Dominique Rimes had another clutch one, kind of the game sealer, if you will, at the end there, right before the three-minute warning. 
Huge. Yeah. Yeah. So was being covered very well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Ottawa, Ottawa brought it. They're a good football team. Uh, their record definitely, we saw it firsthand. Their record definitely doesn't um, indicate what kind of team they are. I think they're going to be uh, pretty, pretty dangerous moving on here. Yeah. That Eastern division kind of a dog's breakfast for lack of a better term, but back to the Josh Pearson, you're right. Uh, Lions were facing, I think a second and eight, second and seven, something like that. Uh, the pass from Nathan Rook deflected, but Pearson is able to go up, react well, come down with it, makes that catch. That one sets hand. up, yeah, that that sets up the third and one, and Nathan Rook proceeds to do his thing. Uh, the little bootleg around the left side runs fifty yards for a touchdown. Uh, Pearson doesn't come up with that ball. That's a punting situation, and it's not a seven nothing lead for the Lions, at least not at that time. So. That's another very intriguing thing with this undefeated squad is the fact that guy like Josh Pearson gets his chance, former Tampa Bay Buccaneer, Super Bowl champ, got a feature on him at bclions.com, shameless plug for the website, uh, just the one catch like we said, but it ended up being huge and I think it was good for the team, good for Mr. Rourke to face that little bit of adversity We've said this kid is calm, cool, collected, doesn't get too high after great moments, doesn't get too low clearly after bad moments, which you saw the two uh, giveaways to Money Hunter. Love that name. And um, yeah, it's Keon Hatcher to the rescue and and a defense that bended on a few b- drives, didn't break. Good complimentary football. Mm-hmm. 100%. And from from our view, at least my view on the sideline, when, when things started going wrong for us and th- that was the interceptions for by hunter nathan he was on the sideline he was wasn't wasn't visibly angry wasn't pouting or nothing like that he's he pretty even keel uh i did see like joel figueroa go over to him i saw jason tucker the receivers coach go over to him kind of yeah. just give him a pat on the back and then we saw which what i th- in my opinion i thought this was a very good play call where we saw ottawa bringing a ton of pressure and the the second interception was totally because of the, the cover zero look where nathan just he admitted after the game he just threw to his first read and Money Hunter knew that he was going to do that and picked it off. So that's a veteran move by the defensive back. But then the next drive, we see another another look like that, but another blitz by Ottawa and Nathan hits, he reads the blitz and finds a wide open Keon Hutch, or Hatcher. And thankfully it was busted coverage. Uh, made the throw a lot easier, the throw and catch, but um, just a great way to bounce back. And then the defense, although like you see 31 points on the scoreboard, but... I thought the defense had an awesome game. You look at the yards they allowed. Mazzoli wasn't getting much through the air. I know we did the first two weeks. So I, I think we're, we're we're shaping up to, to match up pretty good against Winnipeg this Saturday too. Keon Hatcher in just a couple of moments. Are the Lions' leading receiver now, by the way, after that big performance. We're also going to talk to Darren Balming, uh, Bonfire Sports TV, formerly of a TSN 1290 in Winnipeg, but like a lot of folks who were – restructured out of those positions. I was one of them a few years ago, so I can say that myself. He's uh, branched out on his own, and uh, you and Mr. Balming were in Hamilton for the Grey Cup last year. That's where we got to know each other there. Uh, A few late-night beverages in the FRC suite, Football Reporters of Canada, but we'll get his uh, thoughts on this Blue Bombers team, and if you're a neutral fan of the CFL, not really cheering for anybody, and you want to see kind of all the stars come together... You might be a little uh, cheated, for lack of a better term. Of course, Brian Burnham on the shelf. The Blue Bombers, by virtue of the short week, likely going to be shorthanded as well. Uh, You saw Jamarcus Hardrick kind of limping around Mm -hmm. post-game, got rolled over. Um, And Kyrie Wilson uh, has the Achilles, right? Uh, The linebacker. So 
tough luck for both teams with injuries, but this is clearly the game of the week, Nick. Yeah, yeah Winnipeg's also still missing Brandon Alexander, which I think is a massive loss for them right now. He's going to be back. He had ACL surgery. He's going to be back, I think, in... Sounds like a next the, month or on so. On the sixth game to start yeah. the year, yeah, right? in the yeah. offseason, yeah. The Nick Dembski's also out on offense for them, so big losses for them. But yeah, the star power in this game is pretty ridiculous. We got we got Nathan Rourke, Lucky Whitehead, Bo Lacumbo, Delvin Bro on BC, for yeah. example. Like there's stars everywhere, and then you got Adam Bigill, Willie Jefferson, Jackson Jeffcoat, Zach Calaris. Like, it's never ending, and you really keep going with almost half a dozen names on each side that are borderline star players in this league. So it's going to be. It's, it's it's the one I've had circled for a while, July 9, even going into the season. I thought we had a good start to the, we'd have a good start to the season. Faith in Nathan Rourke. I, I'm I'm right up there with the teammates for having the most faith in him. Um but yeah, and Winnipeg's undefeated and it's 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 gonna be a doozy on Saturday. I'm really looking forward to it. My my old my old uh, hometown too. So your old hometown. Yeah. Emphasis on old. Yeah, and um this offensive line for the Lions played outstanding through three games. Just outstanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, the best stretch we've seen of offensive line play in, in a number of years. I, you know, Dare I go all the way back to 2011 with the likes of Joel Van Olafoye, um, you know, anchoring that unit. And you had Angus Reed, always the reliable center. So, But this is going to be a next-level test against the likes of Willie Jefferson, yep. Jackson Jeffcoat, just to name a couple. Mm-hmm. I I I'm no offensive line expert by no means, but I I want to put it out there: who's having a better start to the season at the O line position than uh, Joel Figueroa at the left tackle spot and Suk Chun at the right guard spot? I'd like to put that out there because I think, and from what I've seen at least, uh, from my view, from watching the games on TSN, I think those two maybe are the front runners for dare I say most outstanding offensive linemen right now, but also their all star positions as well. Um, I think Winnipeg struggled a bit on the offensive line. We've seen they have they've had two guys on the interior, interior uh, missing right now, with Michael Couture being hurt, their center, and then Drew Desjardins was their left guard last year and went to the NFL. So they're I think they're visibly not as strong on the offensive line as they once were. Um, missing Andrew Harris, I also think factors into that. Uh, he'll yeah he, he he makes uh he makes that group look better at times. I, I imagine just but based off his fighting for extra yards and his ability to kind of make plays out of nothing. But it's still a solid group. But I think that uh, they're not once what they once were, at least on that offensive line position. And many others, to be honest. Yeah, they're not going to run away with it this year quite like they did last year. Still a very good football team. And I'll still say it. I I think they're the team to beat in the West. I think they're all... I know we disagree, but I think they are full marks for being number one in the power rankings now just because in a weird kind of way. They're not playing great football, but they're still coming away with the wins. I mean, you saw on mm-hmm. Monday, Toronto, three, four critical mistakes, comes back to bite them uh, in the behind. So I very much looking forward to this one. Uh, again, can't remember a regular season game this early in a year that I was ever excited for like this, maybe outside of a season opener, because season openers are always quite special. But yeah. um, don't want to overstate it. There's a lot of football left, a lot of divisional play. These these teams will play twice more after this, Yeah, as they play every team in the West three times, and I think that's great to really measure themselves up in this competitive division. So very much looking forward to it. First and now uh, continues here inside the Go Goat Sports Studios, the lovely Wall Center. Great setup here. Love uh, being partners with Go Goat Sports for this podcast. Uh, we've really enjoyed bringing you this latest stretch of episodes, especially when the team wins. Uh, coming up in just a matter of seconds, number four was off to a good start after his number change, uh, might I add. Keon Hatcher, year two lion. Uh, we'll talk with him next on First and Now. 
And we've tracked him down, number four in your program, the reigning uh, CFL top performer of the week. No doubt uh, that earns him some high marks in the meeting in the film room. It is Keon Hatcher of your BC Lions. Keon, sir, good of you to be with us. What's up, Beck? How you doing, man? Uh, doing outstanding, uh, as are you, I'm sure. Uh, I know it's on to the next game, but um, no doubt uh, you're feeling satisfied and uh, proud uh, given the big performance there in Ottawa. What's going through your mind after a wild game like that? Uh, I mean, I really just feel like I did what my team uh, needed me needed for me to do to get that victory. Um, you know, coach called the plays. We went out there and we executed. So I just, you know, did my part. From my vantage point, I mean, the interceptions in the third quarter and you're kind of thinking, okay, here we go. But the big connection with Nathan after that, the perfect response. What's What are people saying to each other on the sidelines uh, before you're going back out there for offense? Um, Man, just, just lock back in, you know, do what we do, um, you know, we have full trust in Nate. You know, we have full trust in our offense as a team. You know, just lock lock back in, man, and let's let's uh, get out there and do what we do. You know, on a normal basis, and let's go execute and make plays. Three and zero to start the year, and a big one coming up this week that we'll get into in a minute. But um, what would you say uh, the two or three biggest reasons are uh, for the hot start here as a team? Um. I would say the camaraderie, you know, within the whole group. Um, this team is very, uh, very close, you know, without the, within the whole locker room. Um, you go from D-line to receivers, you know, to O-line to DBs. Like, everyone is really close, and you can tell we have a really great bond. So that's number one. Number two, I would say our work ethic, you know, um, in and out of practice every day, you know, there's, there's high competition between the offense and the defense. And I think that uh, shows, you know, when we get out there and we get out there um, on Saturdays and, you know, on game days, you know, um, games, you know, seem a little easier, easier than practice just because how high the competition be during practice, you know. So, and then number three, um, I would just say locking in, man. We've been very locked in, you know, and we, we want it. We want it. We, we know we can have a big year and, um, you know, we're trying to execute and go do that. Keon, that that seventy one yarder. I know it was a busted coverage. You were you were wide open. You probably could have ran backwards or walked in for all <laughs> you wanted, right? But we always hear sometimes that those are the harder ones to catch. Was, was that a was? Did you almost have too much time, or what was going through your head when that when that ball was coming and there were no defenders around you? Man, I seen the ball in the air. I was hoping they, you know, threw it how he threw it. You know, light little touch pass, just because it was so open. And then when I when I see it in the air, I'm just like look it in. You know, I looked it in, and once I looked it in, you know, it was blah blah. So it was it was good. Yeah. And what what's the touchdown dance you had going on? Ah, uh, that was a little little Kodak bop, Kodak Black. It's it's a little bop, little little Florida dance that I had going. So yeah, shout out to Kodak. <laughs> yeah, we had Red Rhymes with the Miami one last week, and then yeah, perfect. Yes, then, sir. Obviously, a big change too this past week was uh you went to number four from '84. So um. What was behind that decision? Well, um, I had that number back in high school, you know, in college. Um, in 2003, my uncle passed away on, on June 4th. And um, when I got to high school, you know, we got to pick numbers and I seen the four and that just kind of, you know, it kind of stuck with me. So when I got that, had that in high school, had it in college. And then when I got here, um you know, the opportunity presented itself. So, you know, I had to get back in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm sure you did him proud with uh, that performance uh, last week. Um, 
CFL top performer now too. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming a lot of people have been reaching out to you about uh, congratulating you and whatnot. Yeah, most definitely. You know, the fam back home, uh, all the boys, you know, friends and stuff like that, definitely, you know, congratulating me and stuff. But, you know, the job is not done. You know, we got a game, a big game coming up this week, you know, so it's time to focus on that, you know, and get ready to execute. Good mindset. Yeah, back to a regular week, a longer week to prepare, uh, much different than the sprint it was to get to Ottawa. But uh, how much do you guys uh, relish this opportunity uh, to test ourselves against the two-time defending champs here, Keon? Man, I think we are very excited for this opportunity. Um, you know, we've got out to a hot start, you know, 3-0, and but everyone knows, you know, they were the last two Grey Cup champs, so I feel like this is the, you know, real measuring stick. This is the true test, you know, to um to what we can really do and what we can be this year. So, you know, we're all excited for it, man. And, we'll, you know, this week is going to be, you know, some, some, some hard competition in practice just because of the excitement we have, you know, for this week. So we're ready. We're going to be ready. A uh, big reason that they were able to get it done the last two seasons was the strength of their defense. Of course, the likes of Jefferson, Jeffcoat. Uh, back there in the secondary, guy like Winston Rose uh, still making plays. A big pick six this week against Toronto. Uh, what do you see on the film, Keon? Um, you know, a strong defense. You know, they got a strong front seven, um, like you were saying with Willie, and um, number four. They got a you know solid secondary man. But you know, I feel like if we come out and execute, just do what we do, do our job. I feel like you know we could we can you know manage and, and do what we need to do to come out with a victory. Yeah, they're number four. Can't forget about that Big Hill guy, of course. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, he's a good player. Yeah, very, yeah, good uh, good little battle of number fours. I like that. That's a big storyline. We should be showcasing that matchup uh, a lot more. But, um, you know, anyway, the, you're trying to, we're trying to build something big here, of course, and, and we talked to you back in training camp about how you had a year under your belt and you were going to, to use that as motivation to take a bigger step. You've done that through three games. Is it safe to say that those expectations for yourself have paid off here, sir? Most definitely. Um, I've always had high expectations for myself, man. Um, and it's always, you know, when the opportunity presents itself, you know, you got to be ready. So you always stay ready. So you don't have to get ready. Um, those opportunities, they presented themselves last week. And, you know, I made the most of them. And like I said, man, that was all for my team. You know, coach called the plays, and I just did what I needed to do to help our team get a win. Mm-hmm. Another thing that maybe that maybe went under under the radar a bit was um, there was obviously the absence of Brian Burnham, but it was you who actually went into Burnham's regular spots in the, in the slot back position on the on the boundary side there. So, um, when did you hear that you were going to be in that spot this that week, and how, did that change your preparation at all for um, for last week at Ottawa? Um, I learned probably you know, a few hours or to the next morning after the game when we find out, you know, Byron was going to be out for a few weeks. Um, but, no, it definitely didn't change my preparation. You know, I had to go back, look over some plays just because I was going to be in a new position. But definitely didn't change my preparation. Um, you know, like I said, you know, those opportunities come, you got to be ready. So I felt like I was I was ready that night. Mm-hmm. And now, now moving ahead uh... – to Sunday to Saturday here. Sorry, um, I'm assuming you're going to be back at that slot back position. Um, so, what what what's the mindset going up against the like the the secondary of Winnipeg here now in a, in a different position maybe than what you're more used to in the CFL? The mindset is make plays, man. The mindset is always make plays um, with our whole group. With our whole group, 
you know, five wide, you know, we have complete trust, complete faith, and, you know, all our guys, um, and it's just make plays. You know, Nate, throw the ball out there, go make the play. You know, he's going to put it somewhere where you can get it, so go get it. Um, and Nate has that trust in us as well. So we're excited, man. Um, continue to get to work this week and, you know, just just get ready for Saturday. Mm-hmm. One thing I wanted to bring up too, um, we we talked to James Butler about this, but he, I'm not sure if you've played in Winnipeg yet, but or in the CFL yet in Winnipeg, but you have played in Winnipeg back when you're with the Oakland Raiders, correct? Yes, yes, we did have a we had a preseason game against Green Bay in Winnipeg. Yeah, yeah. Saw some highlights too of you making a, a late grab too uh, when you guys were driving down the field. So I know I know that experience was maybe a little different just based off. I remember there were some issues with the field and whatnot, but. Um, what do you yeah. remember from from that uh, from that trip down to Canada while in the NFL? Um, you know, it was good to to get out the country, go go experience something different. You know, coming to Canada or whatnot. But the um, the field had to be cut shorter to eighty yards because of the the field goal post little slot that they had took out the field goal and the end zones. You know, and it's different for the NFL, so it was like a hole right there, and they didn't want anyone getting injured. So. That was kind of different playing on the ADR field, but um, at the end of the day, it's just football, so it was all good. Mm-hmm. And you're someone too who's you've been uh, a couple NFL rosters over the past few years. Um, something I always like to ask uh, the players who come here is when when did the CFL become a uh, reality? Like when did you know you're gonna um, come up to Canada to play for in the CFL? Um, I didn't know until um. It started getting dry, you know, the, the, the workout started getting dry during COVID. Um, and then my agent hit me and was like, they, you know, they like you. They want to, wanna, you know, bring you to camp and stuff like that. And why not, man? I love this game. So I was excited to come out here. And, you know, God always has a plan. So you just stick to the script, continue working. And you you never know what, you know, what he has in store for you. So that's always the plan, just stick to the script and keep working. So, Coming out to Canada, man, has been a blessing for me, me and my family. Um, I'm excited for the future. I'm excited for what it holds. And I'm excited for the season, man. So we got to keep going. Yeah, speaking of family, I know the first bye week, uh, you got back down to Texas and uh, hang out with your daughter. Is that the plan next week again, Keon? Um, I wish it was. I wish it was. But it's a shorter bye week, you know. Um, right. I'm, I'm probably going to stay out here, you know, get some treatment, get some training, get get my body right. And um, get ready for this little stretch we have, man. We got a nice little stretch after this bye week. And, you know, hopefully we can go in this bye week 4-0. Yeah, big stretch coming up between now and Labor Day. Uh, definitely some heavy divisional play. But um, how much pride do you take uh, in fatherhood? Definitely gives you a new lease on life, doesn't it? Oh, most definitely, man. Most definitely. I take the most pride in fatherhood. Um, My daughter, she means the world to me. You know, you can ask anybody. That's that's my baby. Um. Yeah, I take the most pride in that. That's the number one priority for sure for me. And me being out here doing what I love, you know, being able to provide for her, that just makes it so much better. You get her a new number four jersey yet or what? Yeah, it's on the way. It's on the way for sure. (laughs) Beautiful. There you go. Uh, That's great. Uh, Definitely motivation to keep performing, and we very much look forward to seeing what you have in store for the encore against Winnipeg. Listen, Keon, uh, congrats again on another win and getting that weekly top performer award. Uh, very well deserved, uh, number one in voting. And we'll see you out there this week. Thanks, Beck. Thank Nick. Appreciate it. Thanks, Keon. 
And we have found the man, Darren Bombing of uh, Bonfire Sports Television, uh, joining us on First and Now. And uh, Darren, we have Nick here, and we were just commenting before we started. It's weird to be talking to you when it's not like 2.30 in the morning and <laughs> we're eating pizza and having some adult beverages there in, in the FRC suite in Hamilton. It's good to talk to you in normal hours. Yeah, no, I agree. And I'm not just saying this, uh, you know, because I'm on with you guys. You two are two of my favorites, no doubt about that. <laughs> Nick, with with your earlier ties to uh, uh, Bonfire Sports and then Maddie, you know, uh, you, you've been such a great help to me through the years, uh, you know, and getting things, um, you know, that I need f- from the BC Lions and, and the rest. Um, yeah, really happy to be on with you guys. Uh, Hopefully we will have some fun in the FRC suite again in Regina this year. We'll see if, uh, you know, one of our teams that we cover uh, is there. Well, I was going to say, yeah, uh, if God willing, you know, if, if we're lucky to be there, I might have to be responsible this year, but let's, but let's, you know, <laughs> we'll just, we'll just cross, cross that bridge when yeah. we get there and we'll take it one week at a time as the old cliche goes. And it's the gift and the curse, as they say, right. You know, exactly. Um, and it's, yeah, the FRC suite, uh, always good times. A uh, shout out to, to Jeff Hamilton and uh, the entire FRC crew, Daryl da- Davis, everybody. And we talked about this a bit at the time. Uh, you and Nick were there doing some work for Bonfire. Mm-hmm. And before we talk about the Bombers in this big, big game on Saturday, um, you know, let's talk about you. Um, how much are you enjoying it still? I mean, after the unfortunate events with TSN Radio, you clearly landed on your feet. Uh, take us through it. What? How much fun is it for you? I'm having a blast. Like, you know, football is pretty much my first love. Like, it was, you know, Howard Chuck and the Jets. It was Gretzky and the Oilers when I was really young. Uh, it was Michael Jordan. But when I started playing football in, in the early 1990s, like, I, I just head over heels. And I, I started consuming football however I could whether it was here in in Winnipeg or whether it was on TV or or the radio or whatever uh, just fell in love with the game found it to be such a unique sport not just for what happens on the field but like the um, you know the chemistry the camaraderie the gel the the team dynamic and, and the coach athlete dynamic in football because it's not just a head coach it's your coordinator your position coach uh your teammates the guys you go against every week um it, it really just kind of uh fueled a passion for me since then and then you know into my adult life and, and going you know back to school again after time at university and being a little bit lost in my 20s like many of us uh, are um the opportunity to cover football and, and talk about football and write about football and hockey, of course, you know, we, we are in a hockey hotbed here in Winnipeg to, to do all that, cover sports. And yeah, unfortunate and, and anxiety-ridden uh, times, uh, you know, following the the loss of, of TSN Radio in a number of markets, including Vancouver. Um, you know, it was tough, but hey, you know, like this is a bit of a blessing uh, in the 2020s and, and you know, uh, to have digital media and have the technology at a level where it's accessible for people for relatively inexpensively to, you know, like have a TV set in your house, you know, or have a TV set mm-hmm. in your apartment uh, and be able to produce content and, and uh, give the audience quality football coverage and quality hockey coverage. So I'm, I'm having a blast as always. The, the Blue Bombers are still a very, very good football team with the back-to-back championships. Uh, people here in Winnipeg can't get enough of their Jets and their Blue Bombers uh, and really a ton of other sports here uh, in the city and, and in the southern part of the province of Manitoba. So uh, it's been a heck of a lot of fun and, and curious and uh, excited for the future and, and when things continue to grow. 
Yeah, and as, as we're broadcasting in here from uh, the Sakaris and Price Shrine, uh, the Go Goat Sports Studios, and you know those guys very oh, yeah. well. Uh, Donnie, Dolly, uh, the 1040 crew all landing on their feet on various platforms. That's that's good. There, there's hope for the business and and there's hope for the industry. So that uh, makes us very uh, happy to hear that it's still going well for you. Uh, as far as this Blue Bombers teams go, um, not surprising that they're undefeated, but maybe surprising the way they've gotten there. I mean, case right. in point, the win in Toronto, a few takeaways. I started with Winston Rose and... And that's what the Blue Bombers do, right? They make you pay for their mistakes. What's your overall read on how they've gotten to 4-0, Darren? It's been an interesting ride to 4-0. Um, you know, important to keep in mind that they've played only East Division teams right. to start the season. Uh, back-to-backs, a home-and-home series with Paul Apolise and and the Ottawa Red Blacks. Uh, a home date here in Winnipeg against the Hamilton Tiger Cats. A game that Winnipeg really put their foot on the gas, especially defensively, to win that game. Uh, you know, a lot has been said about Dane Evans and the Hamilton Tiger Cats and why they're still winless on the season. But uh, Winnipeg really kind of um, exerted their authority in that game. And then a game in Toronto just last night that uh, didn't go down like a lot of people expected or, you know, maybe suspected it would go. Uh, and to see a missed convert in the final moments uh, to not have that game go to overtime and be a one point Blue Bombers win. It's been an interesting road for Winnipeg to be four and O uh, that all said uh, there is a lot of work to do here in Winnipeg and a Michael Shea coach team, uh, a team that has individuals like Adam Big Hill and, and like Zach Kolaris uh, in the locker room. There is no complacency. There is never satisfaction, even if they're winning games by 20 or 30 points. Uh, they're always looking at ways to get better. That's just the way Michael Shea um, coaches his team. You could even hear it on the TSN broadcast last night when Winston Rose had that pick six. He's holding the ball a little bit like a loaf of bread down by his knee, not tucking it away. And you could hear Michael Shea say great job tuck your ball away so like congratulations immediately yeah. met with or immediately followed by uh criticism and, and constructive criticism and coaching uh because brandon banks could have batted that ball away uh from winston rosen and taken points off the board but uh i think the biggest area the blue bombers need improvement is on offense uh they have not scored as an offense 20 points this year. And if the Blue Bombers defense hasn't been or hadn't been as locked down as they have been, I, I think maybe 4 0 wouldn't be uh, in the picture right now. The defense is scoring. It was Willie Jefferson in week three, it was Winston Rose in week four. Nick Taylor, who went two seasons without an interception, uh, is amongst the league leaders. I think he's tied for first with three interceptions uh, on the year now. The defense is clicking, but the offense, it's just, it's just not looking the same without Andrew Harris. Mm-hmm. I think maybe the glass half full perspective if you're in Winnipeg is that they're playing like this and they're still four and zero, so that's right. something to yeah. uh, look forward to as well. But I, I put a, I got two hours on the clock. Uh, let's debate. Uh, was that a Brandon Banks touchdown or a Demario Houston interception? Yeah, I don't know if two hours is enough, Nick. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like I, I completely understand why the ruling on the field happened and why the command sender upheld that ruling. Uh, if you want, like it's been, people are looking at, at screen grabs, people are looking at slow motion and, and really slowing it down. Is the ball secured or not? Michael Shea mentioned after the game um, that, you know, the, the officials made it clear to him that they did not see uh, Demario Houston um, 
maintain possession or, or secure possession of the football. And then you watch the play in regular speed. And it was kind of a continuation of a play. They both go to the ground. The ball is not secured. Brandon Banks comes up with it. It's between his knees. He pops up to his feet and takes the ball with his hands. And, and it's a touchdown. Fans here in Winnipeg are not happy. I think it would be way, way worse. Like, you know, an absolute powder keg uh, of frustration and, and anger. Um, if the Blue Bombers had lost that game in mm -hmm. Toronto. They did not, so it, it calms things down a little bit. But I don't think I'm out of line by saying that's maybe the most, probably is the most controversial play uh, as far as officiating and ruling in the command center and, you know, uh, where maybe the truth lies in what we saw on the play. I, I think it's by far the most controversial play so far this year. It might end up being one of the most controversial plays, uh, you know, uh, in a long time in the CFL. So uh, th that all said, I I'm not criticizing the Canadian football league for the way they handled it uh, inside the rules of Canadian football. I think they got the call right. Uh, but I also understand why fans are, are upset. It would have been a nice moment for uh, Demario Houston in his second career start. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm with you on the the level of controversy on that play. I see both sides enough, too. There wasn't enough evidence to overturn it, guys. That, that's right, usually right, what it comes, like, down comes down to. to. That's that's yeah. all it is. That's that's replay. That's mm -hmm. I mean, there's no conclusive angle. And sorry to interject here, but Nick and I were texting each other throughout that game, and my instinct was that's an interception. They got to overturn yeah. it. Then you see the angle. Eh, I don't know if there's anything there to overturn it. I, there's I was a, going there's back a lot of football showing in those freeze frames, right? So, like, if, yeah. if it was secured, you'd see more arm or hand around the football. Um, but, yeah, you're right. You, you need conclusive evidence to the contrary in video review to overturn uh, uh, the, the call on the field. So, uh, it, it is what it is. You know, it didn't uh, have an effect on the outcome of the game. The Argos are still a one-win football team. And a little bit of karma biting them uh, against Winnipeg as well because their yeah. one win came against the Montreal Alouettes uh, where David Cote missed a last-second uh, field goal uh, from a makeable distance. I think it was 27 yards, and the Argos came away with a win in that one. So six of one, half dozen the other, as uh, the old-timers say. And, um, you know, uh, here we are looking at an East Division, uh, still looking for, uh, you know, a little bit of semblance of consistency. Mm hmm so out here, out here out west, uh, we're, we're seeing the good. BC, yeah, we're we're <laughs> we're seeing the BC lines every day. There's there's I would say there's a fair amount of hype in the city about the team start and obviously the quarterback um, Nathan Rourke. But an outsider's perspective, I'm interested to get the your opinion on. Uh, I, I listened, I, I was listening to your uh, bonfire post game show as I often do last week, and I, I I know that you're a smart man and you watched the entire uh, BC Lions game against Toronto and saw what Nathan Rourke did. So. I just want to hear what, what you've seen from the BC Lions team so far and uh, what you're expecting uh, this Saturday. I love it when Nick Kowalski jumps into the live chat on Bonfire Sports. That's why we went live with all of our programming <laughs> this year. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's the, the the engagement with people is awesome and always good to have you on, Nick, uh, as we used to have you back in the day um, more consistently. But yeah, like the BC Lions are, are, are fun to watch. You know, it's... We can talk about Nathan Rourke, and we will, no doubt, and, and, and rightfully so. The defense has impressed me. The special teams has impressed me. The job that Rick Campbell has done in, in bringing things together relatively quickly, um, you know, in, in his second uh, full season as, uh, as head coach, I think, you know, uh, that should not be overlooked. That should be commended. When it comes to Nathan Rourke, I, I think it's his age and maybe, um, you know, just the amount of time he's been in the league. Great opportunity for him in 2021 to learn under one of the greatest uh, in Michael Riley. And, you know, not just 
as a passer or a quarterback, but one of the greatest personalities and, and people, I think, uh, is fair to say, in the CFL uh, for a long, long time. So that probably helped Nathan a lot in just getting comfortable and, and learning professional football. It is quite different than college or university ball. And, uh, you know, in, in Nathan Rourke's case, quite different than American rules football and 11 man and, and the rest. So um, to see Nathan work play this way, I don't think it's, it's hugely surprising. We all knew he had the talent. We all knew he had the ability. We see, saw him throw the football last season. He can make all of the throws, but to see him come in this season, be composed, um, be confident and, and calm and to be as explosive as he has been, throwing and running I think maybe that's opened a lot of people's eyes that he is a true dual threat to see him gain the edge turn the corner and and use speed to actually beat defenders um you know the Edmonton Oaks had a lot of trouble tackling anybody in week one but if you have trouble tackling a quarterback it's probably not just the lack of tackling technique. It's probably something the quarterback is doing too. Uh, to see Nathan Rourke run with that authority and, and that aggression, uh, I think is, is a really, really impressive thing for a quarterback of his experience and his age. Uh, but man, oh man, it really makes you wonder, you know, is this, you know, the sky is the limit for this young man. He's got tons of weapons around him, hoping uh, Brian Burnham, um, you know, one of my favorite players to watch for a long, long time uh, is uh, going to be healthy and, and good to go uh, sooner rather than later. But there's a lot of weapons there seeing, um, uh, you know, uh, the tailback uh, score so many touchdowns uh, early in the season. It really, um, I think is, is caught people's attention, uh, but it, it, it will be interesting when the Winnipeg blue bombers come to town. I don't know if Nathan Rourke has faced a defense, like Winnipeg's, I think you could probably say that about most quarterbacks in the league. They haven't faced a, a defense like Winnipeg's, but it, it should be a fun one. Short week for Winnipeg, so that there's going to be an added wrinkle to the challenge for Winnipeg in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. And on the flip side of the run game, uh, what's up with the Winnipeg run game? I know there, there's no Andrew Harris there anymore, but are they saving Johnny Augustine for this big game, or like <laughs> what's going on there? What's your take on? Uh, the underwhelming performances so far from, the, yeah. from that uh, perspective. Well, like, as you guys know, Matt, I, I know you're familiar with this in, in, in Vancouver, for sure. It's like the old sports adage goes, the backup goaltender is always the most popular guy in town. What yeah. could he do for us if he was given the opportunity, yeah. right? Very similar to Johnny Augustine here in Winnipeg. Uh, during 2021, Johnny Augustine, when given touches, was explosive great uh, ability to break tackles and, and run hard for a very, um, you know, more diminutive running back. He, he is a lighter weight guy. He has got great musculature and, and is in phenomenal shape. And I know he's been working with uh, a speed coach over the last number of years uh, here in Winnipeg uh, after going undrafted out of the University of Guelph. Winnipeg is his third stop. Um, in the CFL. So for him to, you know, sign a new contract here this offseason, him and Brady Oliveira, essentially the two, um, you know, succession plans to Andrew Harris and, and the Blue Bombers being confident in those two to move on from the future Hall of Famer uh, in 33 says a lot. Um, but yeah, like people here in Winnipeg are always clamoring for Johnny Augustine, uh, you know, very common to say, his yards per carry is through the roof. Why don't they give him more than three, four touches uh, a game? He had one rushing attempt in Toronto. I think he had one catch uh, in Toronto. It was for a first down. He is a good football player, but clearly the Winnipeg Blue Bombers see more upside in, uh, I think, the between-the-tackle running 
of Brady Oliveira. I think if you had to choose between the two, Oliveira more to the style of Andrew Harris. Nobody runs like Andrew Harris, um, but I think that's maybe more to the style Winnipeg likes to play with the kind of smack you in your mouth, smash him up run game between the tackles. Uh, but you're right, Nick. Uh, it, it hasn't been a semblance uh, of normality here in Winnipeg. They are normally run, 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 dictate with the run. That opens up play action, the screen game, uh, you know, the passes downfield. Um, that was the way they did it with Matt Nichols. Now that they have a legitimate passing threat uh, in Zach Kolaris, like a legitimate deep passing threat, uh, defenses were, were very nervous and rightfully so. Unfortunately, this year, we have not seen the run game be as effective uh, at all. And with what we saw in Toronto, I think we've seen that in stretches in time against Hamilton and against Ottawa earlier in the season as well, is an offense designed around the expectation that the run game is there. So the screen game and the the hitch screens and the bubbles and, and all these types of swing passes to the flats that uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers were calling in Toronto last night, the Argos were all over it and uh, they, they just weren't able to get you know, some consistency and continuity going uh, on offense. Uh, they're going to stick with the run. They're not going to abandon it like, say, the Hamilton Tiger Cats do and run the ball five times in a game. Winnipeg did seemingly abandon the run in Toronto a little bit, but, you know, the, those sh those, that short passing game can be used as a run game uh, in a lot of ways as well. Um, but, uh, you know, that all said, uh, I don't think this Winnipeg Blue Bombers offense has shown even uh, a shadow of what it can be when that run game is there and, and when this offensive line is back into the conversation of being amongst the best in the league. It's interesting. You mentioned uh, the backup goalie um, <laughs> thing there. It's funny. He's, he's more of a Winnipeg jet. We'll go down as more of a Winnipeg jet, but Bob Essenza, Darren. Yeah. I went to a Canuck game, Bob Essenza's lone year with the Canucks. Okay. And they were chanting his name because he was playing so well, you know, backup goalie, Bob Essenza for the Vancouver Canucks in the twilight of his career. Wow. That's how much the backup goaltenders are are always loved. Uh, hey, listen, uh, one final one while we've got you here. Uh, you mentioned Zach Caleros. What is he, 24-2 and two since the trade, including playoffs? The two losses were meaningless games in the standings. Uh, what has made that fit so well, Darren? It, it really is unbelievable to, to look at that win-loss record as the Blue Bombers starting quarterback and, and to look at those two losses and say, okay, well, one was late in the year last season when first place was locked up. I think he played like two series, if I'm not mistaken, in that game before Sean McGuire took over and he gets credited with the loss, which is, you know, we can, we can debate that uh, all day long too. But, um, right. you know, the reality is whatever uh, Zach Kolaris um, – you know, was thinking about in the back of his mind as a member of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, a member of the Toronto Argonauts and, and getting traded at the 11th hour and 59 minutes and the trade deadline back in 2019. Like if, if, if anybody out there hasn't read the story or, or heard the story about how Zach Kolaris was acquired by the Blue Bombers and how close to the wire it was of never happening, before, you know, going undefeated through the playoffs and, and winning uh, Grey Cup 107. Uh, it, it is an unbelievable story of, of luck and fortune and, um, 
you know, just the right circumstances of Jim Pop before, uh, you know, he, you know, uh, was was ousted uh, in Toronto and, and deciding to move on from Zach Kolaris. But whatever was in Zach Kolaris's mind through that entire process uh, in Saskatchewan, the big hit from Simone Lawrence uh, into Toronto and, and, you know, essentially not even getting an opportunity to dress or play uh, and then being acquired by Winnipeg, whatever was cooking in the back of his mind has started a fire inside of him that that is burning stronger than ever you could argue he's playing as well today as he ever has so you can talk about head injuries you can talk about uh rust you can talk about time off or whatever it might be zach Kolaris is an extremely talented football player an exemplary leader uh, and somebody that you know just meshed in winnipeg immediately um you know it didn't matter if it was you know andrew harris or um you know pat newfeld or stanley bryan or jamarcus hardrick or that veteran core on offense or the guys on defense or the coaching staff they see the way zach claris carries himself on a day-to-day basis he wasn't exactly part of that 5 a.m club that the blue bombers quarterbacks of years gone by used to have he's like i'm not really into the morning so he came in a little bit later but he put in more work than anybody staying late and uh obviously the results on the field uh, are there um, and, and have been there. The, the win-loss record is, is unbelievable. I think you can give a lot of those wins to the defense. But, you know, again, to go back to the Blue Bombers' uh, absent running game right now and a little bit of vanilla uh, play calling on offense, just things not clicking like they have been uh, for the last couple of years with Zach Kolaris at the helm. Um, you know, I, I don't think Winnipeg has played their best football yet on offense by, by a country mile. One one last question while we have you, Darren, I have for you is uh, I saw some breaking news come across the Twitter today is that uh, Kyrie Wilson suffered an Achilles injury yesterday. And for yeah. my money, Kyrie Wilson's one of the most underappreciated players in the entire CFL. But how how is that loss going to affect Winnipeg on, on on Saturday here and the game overall? I'm glad you mentioned him as, um, you know, maybe an unheralded guy. When, when you're on a defense with the likes of Willie Jefferson and Jackson Jeffcoat and Brandon Alexander and Adam Big Hill, it can be easy to look past some of those guys that don't have that name recognition or don't rack up the big sack or tackle numbers. Kyrie Wilson is a wildly underrated player in the CFL and one that the Blue Bombers developed from their practice roster over the last three or four years. Um, to see him go down in Toronto on Monday was tough. Uh, those reports saying he'll, he will be out uh, a good stretch of time. You'd have to think the Winnipeg blue bombers are looking for a little bit of um you know uh uh, you know depth at linebacker and and bring somebody in Uh, a veteran would be a good thing micah awe of the bc lions already one of the names uh being kind of thrown around there um you know uh, other other players that uh you know, might might be on the trade block or, or waiting in free agency for an opportunity. I, I think Winnipeg is probably uh, definitely going to do that. But that all said, as far as who they could have lost, as far as depth behind them, I think this is one of the the areas Winnipeg can um, you know ride that wave a little bit easier. Malik Clements was uh, a member of the Edmonton Elks in 2021, played seven games for them. Uh, Chris Jones came in, kind of cleared house, wanted to bring his guys in, as he usually does, and that left Malik Clements uh, without a football home. Winnipeg snatched him up, has spoken highly of him, and then what we've seen from him in training camp and in games when he's had the opportunity to play is 
you know, a rock solid, uh, extremely versatile linebacker. It's important to be versatile in this Richie Hall uh, Blue Bombers defense. They move guys around, play a lot of different positions. Um, it's it's far from okay, you're a weak side linebacker. This is your one duty. Uh, they really do move them around to kind of confuse offenses, and no doubt they'll be doing that against a young Nathan Rourke uh, on Saturday night in Vancouver. Um, but I think Malik Clements uh, is a solid piece, and and uh, you know losing. Kyrie Wilson uh, is a tough one and it will hurt because he is a, a, an excellent, excellent football player and an underrated one. Uh, but I, I think they will be okay. It helps when you got a guy like Adam Big Hill and you see the the highlight real plays he's still making uh, now well into his 30s. Um, just last night in Toronto, leaping all over the place, diving over the pile to stop quarterbacks uh, on short yardage plays, uh, running East, West, North, South, uh, like, you know, few can uh, in football, period. Um, you know, it, it helps uh, buoy the ship uh, quite a bit when you got Adam Big Hill there. Very well, indeed. A balanced football team. That's why they're 4-0. Uh, listen, Darren, um, quickly, where can our listeners and viewers uh, find your work? Yeah, so everything you need is on bonfiresports.ca, uh, youtube.com slash bonfiresports. Uh, you, you can find all the links to our podcast, all of our live pro game programming, pregame, postgame. We have a midweek show. We normally do Tuesday nights. We're taking a bye this week because the Bombers did play on a on a Monday, so it would just essentially be a second uh, postgame show. But uh, we're having a ton of fun, bonfiresports.ca. And before you let me go, I, I got to let you know, I'm still waiting on the BC Lions to deliver on that cash considerations package in acquiring Nick Kowalski from Bonfire Sports. So, you know, wh what's going on? Who do I got to call? Uh, <laughs> Carolyn Cody's our marketing director. Right? <laughs> she does the trade. It's all hers. Okay. So okay. I cannot. I'll defer. I, I'm not involved here. I'm Switzerland. It's a big package. It's I'm a big package for Nick Kowalski. Well, when when we win the Grey Cup, the considerations for the package, hopefully you negotiate that in. You get something more prestigious right yeah, that, better, isn't that how it works be, better the be big at least a second rounder the uh the the more a player helps his new team the more his old team gets right so, right there you go yeah future hey, considerations <laughs> listen uh <laughs> yeah continued success darren uh thrilled for you we enjoy the shows and uh, we'll talk to you again okay big kudos to you guys loving the work you're doing uh on the bc lions website and uh yeah saturday's gonna be a heck of a lot of fun in the battle of unbeatens Awesome, there you yeah. go. Yeah, thanks, Darren. A lot of fun, and great to see uh, all the success you're having on Bonfire as well. Appreciate it. Cheers, guys. Darren Balming, Bonfire Sports TV, one of our all-time favorites. And yes, uh, we hope to well, well, we'll reconnect with him in Winnipeg in October, like we talked about, perhaps in Regina a few weeks later uh, for the Grey Cup 109 uh, great stuff, does a great job, and I, I was watching some of his shows when we were in training camp and throughout last season. Really does a good job, and, and you can tell uh, the breakdown he gave with this team. I, th I think he pretty much agrees that they're not necessarily doing it uh, the way they want to do it, but 4-0 is 4-0, and this will be a huge test for the Lions on Saturday. Yeah, 100%. Dar Darren knows the Blue Bombers as well as anybody in the world does, and uh yeah. He's someone I view as a, a good friend, a, a mentor even back in our days in Hamilton. He's provided me a lot of opportunity. I'm super thankful for that. And uh, it's always great talking with him, especially when it's ahead of this big, big Lions and Blue Bombers game this Saturday. It will be the final game of week five. A bit of a different week. Three teams on buys. Uh, Montreal, Hamilton, Toronto all not playing. So 
there's potentially only going to be one Eastern team losing this week, Nick. That's crazy. <laughs> That's a good joke. Hey, we'll yeah. see what the Red Blacks do. The Red Blacks are going to be desperate in Regina and... The thing is that, is that they got to go to Regina, so that's that's no easy task in itself, right? Yeah, 0-3, uh, the three losses by a combined whatever it was, five points, so we got them by three, and you have to think the Red Blacks rate this ship, but you're right, that's, that's not the best situation to try to do it. It's one of the worst. <laughs> so Ottawa, we mentioned that, and then Saskatchewan, uh, despite some more Chandler-worthy heroics for Montreal, they get it done in the rematch. Uh, they win big... Uh, their defense was phenomenal against Trevor Harris and the Alouettes. So talking mm-hmm. about the tightness of this West division uh, made even tighter with Saskatchewan getting it done. They get to 3-1. and one. But Red Blacks riders on Friday, uh, the week starts on Thursday. I love this. Calgary-Edmonton meeting twice before Labor Day. Uh, the Elks got off the schneid. Uh, speaking of defense coming up big in Hamilton, those Tiger Cats, uh, they find every way to lose, don't they? But... Edmonton at 1-3, and three, looking to build off that, and uh, they get the 3-0 and o Stampeders coming into Commonwealth. Yeah, this would be a good test for uh, Trey Ford, especially uh, in the second career start to the Canadian quarterback who uh, kept the Canadian quarterbacks undefeated on the season. So that's, that's a cool yes, stat. Yes, yeah, I forgot, neglected to mention that. So Yeah, I like that stat, but um, it'll it'll be a good test. They're hosting Calgary this week, so I think that changes things up a bit, but the, they, they hung in there with the Samson the other week, and... I think Calgary's looked pretty strong. Bo Levi Mitchell's looked, I think he's looked good overall, which is good to see if you're in Calgary. And I know there are some doubts about um, what he had moving forward, but it'll be a good test for Calgary as well. Edmonton, they're, they got to win. They got to win in the win column. And I think that Chris Jones, maybe that's all they needed to maybe get things going. Um, We'll see. The West is strong, so it could be bad for them. Maybe the we'll type see. of yeah, maybe the type of win that can galvanize yeah. a team. I, and, I sort of see that. Um and they don't want to they don't want to fall behind the eight ball losing twice to Calgary in the first five mm. weeks. So Yeah. I also mean they lost very, by forty four to us in week one. So I think yeah. they, like they're gonna get they're better than that team. They're better than they were on June eleventh is what I was I'm tweeting with somebody, forget who it was, you know, doing the old oh, after the Toronto win for us. Oh no, but you know it's it's Toronto. They beat Edmonton and Toronto, and it's you know Toronto had a long flight. And thinking, and I replied to the guy said um, it was ex Argo Jermaine Gabriel. You know, oh, yes. want to give the guy credit. And I and I replied to him as at that point I'm like Edmonton could easily be two and one because they lost to Saskatchewan, close one, and yeah. then they lost. Um, in Calgary, a game they were winning by nine points, I think, at one point. So I don't like playing the, oh, they only beat so-and-so game. This is professional football, okay, mm-hmm. as Neil McAvoy would say. So, But, hey, all you can do is play your schedule, yeah. and, and now the and now this will be the biggest test for the Lions on this young season coming in. Very much looking forward to yeah. it. Uh, we thank uh, Darren Balming. We thank Keon Hatcher, the CFL's top performer of the week for making an appearance appearance earlier. Uh, the podcast on Twitter, at First and Now. I'm at BakesTakes84. He is at Nick underscore Kowalski. Yeah, right? Nick N-I-K. N-I-K, doing it the simple way. Uh, broadcasting inside the Wall Center, the Go Goat Sports Studios. Uh, bye week for the team next week, so we'll see what we can do. Might take a week off next week, but that's to be determined uh, I'll be up in Penticton, so it'll have to be remote uh, if we look to do something. So yeah, got a little wine tasting planned. Ooh. It's, it's going to be good. So I'll be I'll be in Surrey. There you go. 
Sounds awesome. <laughs> Lions Blue Bombers, 4 o'clock on Saturday, and uh, we'll talk to you in the coming days on First and Now.